Hello, this is Welcome to the Club, a Graveyard Club podcast. Every couple of weeks, we get together to talk about life, the band, and share some behind-the-scenes stories and insights, and answer your questions. I'm Matt, I sing, and I play those dang ivory keys. Keyboard. I'm Mike, I play guitar. I'm Corey, and I play drums. And I'm Amanda, your host. I also play bass and sing. For today's podcast, we will not be doing our usual Corey's Corner segment because there is nothing to say. <laughs> if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would love to read it out loud at this the time. Only, the only partial review is my dad commenting through Podbean to let me know they didn't really care for the pizza story. That's true. I'm going to have week. to read that comment because it made me laugh. Pizza gate, two exclamation points. Corey's dad here. He was very concerned about the pizza and the commercial. I wasn't sure at first what the big deal was, but when he pointed it out, I was still not as concerned. <laughs> <laughs> However, once you pointed it out, I still didn't care. <laughs> I just like that he somehow made an account on Podbean, like where our podcast feed is hosted. It's like very like back end, just to say that he didn't think that was a very big deal. Thank you, Pete. I think he was embarrassed by his son, and he wanted to clarify to the public like <laughs> I this was story just, was ridiculous. I thought it was hilarious, and he just didn't understand it. Oh, <laughs> parents just don't understand, am I right? Totally, that's what they say. I think this seems like a good time for what's new with you, buddy. Corey, why don't you take it away? I started doing a little painting at home, which has kind of been a fun, different artistic thing. Yeah, that was cool, the one you sent. So I don't know, I've been messing around with that and kind of just hanging out that much. What else have you painted? The one he sent Um, us was a a picture of a houseplant. It looked really pretty. Yeah, I've just been doing like houseplants, like just the houseplants that we have around the house. That's cool. Do you look at it when you paint it? Uh, Yeah. I close my eyes and I just <laughs> let, the, let my hands do the work. Are the plants typically nude for the sessions? Uh, yeah, they're all nudes. <laughs> Very tasteful plant nudes. Would it, do you sketch it out first or do you go right right for the plant? Yeah, I've actually been doing like making like a grid. Oh, cool. So there's yeah. like, like you can like take a picture or something and then there's like a like basically websites that'll put like a grid over the picture. Yeah. So you cheated. So you can draw, I don't know, maybe. Uh, I don't think it's cheating. I'm I think just it's just kidding. like a technique. Um, yeah, that's what I know I'm because I was like at a certain point too, I was like, "What do I do? Like, just do I like how do I? I've never really used a grid to, before to do that. Like, I used to like do a little bit of art when I was younger, but um, it kind of makes it definitely makes it way easier to just work one little square at a time. That's cool. Yeah, that's like a valid technique. I know Chuck Close, who's a really famous artist, does grid. I don't know if he does anymore, but he a lot of his stuff is grid technique. Are you painting at all or anything right now? Is all the art stuff that you're doing is just like completely digital? Probably say one out of every ten is actual art. Actual art. Hmm, <laughs> uh, interesting. Like commentary. collage. Nine, nine out of ten is fake art. It's all digital. <laughs> but I like hand, I have an Apple pencil and I like actually draw it. It's just on a screen. Yeah. Do you have a um, like the pencil draws on like a little trackpad or what? Or an no, iPad? I go right. Right on the iPad, but I bought oh, cool. a special uh, cover that's called paper-like, and it feels like paper. That's cool. So it's not, because otherwise the iPad would be so, like, glassy that you just move around too easy. Wow. Should we plug your page? Yeah, it's oh, my yeah. Uh, first name, Matthew, last name, Shuffman, all one word. It's a bunch of drawings that look like maybe like a 14 year old did them no they're darling <laughs> and, uh, i just i like it it's like illustration illustrative work kind of cartoony vintage matt is like a real artist for any of our listeners that don't know he does pretty much all of our graphic design he went to school for it and he's brilliant yeah it's cool oh yeah, that's too kind but yeah i love it it's been a fun nice fun thing to have in life yeah fun it's outlet. like it's fun. It's like, I don't know. I feel like this is what I always do is like I have things that I enjoy when I'm younger and then I don't do them for 15 years and then I come back to them and I'm like, why didn't I do this for the last 15 years? Uh-huh. I agree. I was just saying like I drew obsessively and 
it just totally fell out of favor for music and like whatever else adults had brought on. I like never used to feel like I could draw and then I kind of had to when I was making video games and now I'm like, well, I guess it's not terrible. I feel like mine looks like a 14-year-old did it, but she's a pretty cool 14-year-old. You're you're a good artist. My, it's just funny for me because like my identity was, I don't know if you guys had this kid in your school, but at least in a smaller school, there's like that kid who's the best drawer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you just like everybody knows certain things. Like that's the best athlete. And like that kid is the like, whatever. Yeah. And like I was like the drawer guy. Like that was like my badge of honor. It's like, yeah, at least I can draw. Aww. And now I don't even have that. You can still. I picture you like in the principal's office and like someone getting bullied like given a profile and you're sketching to like figure out who it was. <laughs> okay. It was all a blur. He had red hair and you're like drawing the face like, oh my God, it was Duncan. Oh man. <laughs> uh, that'd be a sweet him. gig. Uh, there's been a lot of talking out of turn, but does anybody else have something to share for what's new with you, buddy? Where we typically share one at a time. I'm just kidding. <laughs> on a tangent about art. It's called conversation. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, Lauren and I went up to Lutzen, which, if you're not from Minnesota, is kind of the far northern part of the state. It's really close to the lake, Lake Superior, um, and it was free. It was like negative 18. But we went up and stayed at a lodge, did a little skiing, and uh, did some sauna-ing. It was a very excellent weekend. Even though it was freezing, it was like, it kind of was nice because no one was out. So it was a ghost town. Very quiet. Nice. Mike, do you have anything to add? All my reports are the same thing I've said every week, I think. I stood and drank beers Uh around a fire and I played some guitar and made some new demos. That's about it. That's a pretty good report. This is like a really, this is probably like my least favorite time of year, I think. Like right now, like the end of winter... Like February, February and March both just kind of suck because it's like the weather's like not quite turning around and you're at like the end of a long winter season, right? Yeah. So I just feel like you like it's like every day just starts to kind of blend together. You're just like waiting for spring, basically. But at least we can bring people's spirits up with this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I normally like it when we can hang out more with our friends and be inside and stuff because it's kind of That's a nice true. time for like closeness and coziness. But yeah, obviously we're not doing night. that this year. I have my update is along the lines of the pandemic. Um, I have two short stories about uh, doing my part to enforce the rules. One took place at a Target yesterday where I was returning some items. And, you know, they have like big red dots where you're supposed to stand six feet apart from the next person. And I was standing on my dot and I could kind of feel that the person behind me was really really close and it was like two people that were talking to each other and then when like it was my turn to move up to the next dot I kind of moved like only half a dot because I was already anticipating that they were going to keep creeping up on me and I wanted to give myself some some leeway to move further mm-hmm. <laughs> and they kind of did creep pretty pretty close I would say like if I turned around and like put my arm out at all I'd be like touching her and I saw that her mask was also not on her nose and I just got a little upset but I said in what I think was a, a pretty nice neutral tone, I was like, hey, sorry, would you mind just like keeping the, you know, like the six feet? And the woman was like, oh, and she kind of like was like surprised but not upset. But then her Ooh. husband, the guy she was with, he did this like really weird thing that's been spinning around in my head. He first he said like audibly enough for me to hear unbelievable. And then he started like muttering, like with his head pointed like 10 degrees off from me so that like I could still hear and see that he was like talking at me but it like wasn't loud enough that I could hear much of what he was saying and the only thing I really heard was like the first part of the phrase which was something like if you're if you're a democrat oh my god yeah and um and then I was like I was just so thrown by his weird communication strategy of like the mumbling that was I was supposed to hear but not supposed to hear and I was like, what? <laughs> and then he kept doing it. And then I, I was like, I, I can't hear you. <laughs> and then he said, well, there's a big red dot right there you could be standing on. And I was like, I wasn't about to like go into my strategy about the extra buffer space that I need between the dots. And we were like also the only two people. There was plenty of room for them to move back to or not have yeah. moved so far forward. 
But anyway, so I just moved up to the dot and I said, hey, thanks. Thanks a lot, man. And then he just like kept muttering. It was it was so kooky. I kind of felt... That probably like ruined that guy's week. He's probably still talking about it at home right yeah. now. Yeah. And don't worry, it ruined my week too. It like immediately like... <laughs> He's still talking about it all too. My, yeah, seriously, like all my like bodily stress responses kicked in. I was like all shaky and stuff. I remember like after I was... I, I'm kind of getting it right now. Like my, my voice is kind of shaky. Um, it's always, yeah. I was like walking around the store and there was a, a lady, you know, you do the cart dance where like you go right, she goes right, you go left, she goes left. And then I like laughed and then the words that came out of my mouth were like, so thank you, fine. You just vomit like, and pass out in the middle of Target. That's what I felt like doing. I was absolutely amped from that interaction. Yeah. But um but I actually wanted well, to tell way to, way to stand up. Thanks. I don't know, whatever. I wanted to tell another story that has a happier ending, which is about a guy at my work building. Um so, like, we have a mask mandate, like our entire state does for all buildings and doors, and there's signs posted, and our individual building has, um, like, sent out emails and stuff about, you know, all the rules you have to follow. And you're, like, and one office. everybody follows it for the... You're, like, one office within a bunch of unrelated offices sharing Right, building. so it's, like, people I don't know at all, but I kind of run into the same people in the hallways and stuff, like, on the way to the bathroom. Um, and, like, we take it really seriously in my office. We always wear a mask, even if we're the only person working, which is usually the case, just because we don't know if, like, somebody else is going to come in or pop by or whatever um but there's like all the guys that work on the second floor that i'll see coming to and from the stairs or elevator like absolutely never wear a mask and it you know just always kind of gets under my skin a little bit like i'm over here like trying to do my part and you just have like a total disregard for it so i finally said something the other day um and i was like hey you know you have to wear a mask when you're in here right and then he said this like total like weird robot canned response that you could tell he had prepared, which was, I forgot it in my car. And, uh, and I was just like, okay, he forgets in his car every day. Cool. Didn't really comment on that. But then I, I kind of just said, you know, like again, super flustered. I was like, you know, cause I mean, just like you're, you're like safe for me right now, but I'm not like really safe from you. So, you know, it'd be really nice if you can wear it. And then <laughs> and we were both leaving the building at the same time. And then I was like walking to my car and I was like, oh God, now he knows what, what car I'm in. And he's probably seen me coming out of my office and I'm always working Just in all the worst case scenarios. Seriously, my brain was absolutely spinning. <laughs> I texted a lot of friends after this interaction, like, do I need to get pepper spray? Like I usually work alone. I'm like a woman working alone in this office. Yeah. So anyway, then I kind of sort of didn't think about it too much. Um, didn't see him for a while. And then just Friday, I think it was, I was standing in the hallway and he was approaching the building from the outside you know, like it's light outside, but it's dark inside. So I could see him, but he couldn't see me. And he wasn't wearing a mask. And I was like, oh, I'm going to have to either like double down and like have this second like worst confrontation or I'm going to have to like be really passive and say nothing, even though I've made my feelings clear. And then just as he was about to reach for the door, he put on a mask. Nice. Wow. Well done. Yeah. And then my reaction was to immediately run, like sprint in the other direction so, so that he wouldn't see me in the hallway <laughs> at all. And then I locked myself in my office. Nice. So that's what's new with me, buddies. Anyway, this concludes what's new with you, buddy. Let's move ahead to Media Nest. We've uh, been watching a show called Ted Lasso. Oh. It's on it's on Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's like a really he's like a, a soccer coach. It's a real feel good show. He's a real he's kind of like Ned Flanders. A little bit very positive and he's up against a lot of negative people and he just charms him with a smile Aww. so that's good been watching that nice we were watching recently big mouth uh that animated show from nick kroll which we kind of watched a few years ago and then didn't watch and watched again a little bit more but there was an episode recently where they like do a crossover sort of thing and they animate the two women from Pen15 which is an amazing oh, show yeah. shout I out to I saw this that's, episode actually I feel like that is a Hulu show that if you yeah. haven't seen you should check out Pen15 it's two like women in their 30s playing themselves as like 13 year olds in the early 2000s and it's hilariously it's so um, good it's dead on if we were yeah. to do a like all time media nest that would be like the first thing I would talk about oh yeah that's right up there I'm such a sucker for, like, entertainment around that era. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Freaks and Geeks was such a great show about, like, the, those, like, awkward adolescent years. Or um, that movie that came out a year or two ago. 
eighth grade. Oh, Man, when people gosh, like so get it good. right, it's so poignant. Like that era is just like so many hormones and emotions yeah. and feels. I even and... feel like that about Big Mouth, even though it's like super crass and over the top. <laughs> it really gets me. I kind of feel like the way that we grew up, like pre smartphone and pre social media. Mm-hmm. Like, the, I bet, like, kids now that are that age, like, I bet their experience of, like, adolescence and puberty and growing up is probably very different Definitely. than ours. Oh, yeah. 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 Not in, like, a, maybe not in a it's good way. It's known as TikTok. Either, you know? And we don't yeah, understand seriously. it. <laughs> yeah. I think there's, like, pros and cons to it. Like, it's not all bad, but there's some, the bad stuff is really bad. Yeah. You know, like, the cyberbullying and, I don't know just also like the misinformation that adults experience so do kids yeah like when yeah, everything they think sure. is true is from a youtube video they saw it's like okay well let's talk about citing sources and finding credible sources totally. yeah we also tried watching ratchet um and we loved like the color palettes and the composition the shots and the story seems pretty cool too but i think we got about like three episodes in and it was way too gruesome for me so i think i have to tap out that's i haven't heard of it it's kinda... it's based on the nurse nurse ratchet from the oh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest okay, novel, yeah. but they like kind of make it their own thing and give her like this origin story and stuff. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was interesting, but it's a little much. Yeah, it seems to have some really cool themes with like being gay in that time period and stuff, and mental health. Kind of like outsider stories, mental health. Yeah, for sure. But it also has extremely disturbing scenes that I couldn't get out of my mind. <laughs> shocking yeah have have any of you watched uh the cecil hotel I saw mm-hmm. yeah i've been wa- i i think i maybe finished it i don't remember That's if i finished or if i maybe have a little bit left is it a, wait is it a series or is it just one <laughs> no it's a I love series that Corey thinks he finished four. it but he doesn't know what it's about <laughs> or what kind of show it was i finished it how many episodes are there <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of crazy, like, the, the past, like, the history of that hotel with those, like, there's all, you know, like, the number of people that have died there and stuff is a little bit disturbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just, like, trying to, like, imagine running that business and having to, like, be like, well, another person died here. We'll just have to get through this one again. Dang. Yeah. I started listening to a new podcast at the recommendation of Bethany, Corey's partner, is called Poog, P-O-O-G, oh, which yeah. is the opposite of Goop, which is Gwyneth Paltrow's, like, BS line of wellness products and stuff and it's very chatty but very they're very smart and i don't know i just just tickles me right in the tickle yeah, we bone. were listening to that in the car the other day it's pretty funny yeah. like it's just it is a little bit like it's kind of a little bit rambly yeah it's like you it's know all sort of like place. weird but like that's just once you kind of like get settled into it and like it's it's funny yeah. it's good i like it it's kind of like philosophical at times which i like yeah for sure for our next segment, band news. Who wants to talk about Ice House? Well, recently we went and played a live set, which was just so weird to be back on a stage in a venue. The venue was empty except for about three camera people and one sound person. And it's all kind of part of this thing where there's a lot of independent music venues here in Minneapolis that are great and they've been struggling quite a bit as really all music venues but like obviously Clear Channel will be probably fine Mm -hmm. after the pandemic but there's a lot of independent ones Uh, so this is kind of to raise funds for their business so when it it goes out it'll be like donation based trying to help them out and then also we've been uh, getting a little further on LP4 uh, and that's pretty exciting to make some, some headway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's move on to our next segment. Story time. I think we wanted to talk a little bit about Iceland this week. Um, we've been there two times, three times. I think it's just twice. Yeah, it's just twice. But we go to play Iceland Airwaves, which is a festival that they have in Reykjavik that is maybe comparable to the format of South by Southwest in Austin, Texas, in the sense that you can kind of just wander around and walk into libraries or bars or clothing stores or like 
a little like seaside dock area and see live music. And then they'll have like major acts. Like I think we've seen Mumford and Sons, Fleet Foxes, uh, Mac DeMarco. There's been big, big acts every year we've played, but um, we're kind of playing these like little off venue side places. But the first year we went, it was um, like nine shows in three days. So we're just hauling our gear around, walking around in the cold. This is like in November. And just, you know, plugging in and playing, moving on to the next thing, plugging in and playing. And we really had like one day out of our whole stay there for like basically half a week where we had set aside time to not play any shows and get out of the city and go see some of the waterfalls and the geothermal hot springs and like the gorgeous scenery of Iceland. Um, But it happened that on that day, it was like terrible windstorms and rain, like could barely stand up straight walking on the street. And we went to go rent a car. We tried to rent a car. We went to a car rental place and there's just like one person working because they probably weren't assuming that anybody else was as dumb as us. And she was just like, you are not renting a car. (laughs) Like, what are you thinking? It's like, and she was the on the phone with like her supervisor for like 45 minutes while we stood around and waited. And eventually she's just like, sorry, oh, no yeah. Americans get cars today. Just berating <laughs> us. Like, look at the, like, what do they look like? It's like really dopey. They're standing by the door. <laughs> they look like they're really excited to get this car. Like, they have American accents. Let's not give them one. This doesn't yeah. feel safe. The second time we rented cars, they let us do it. The weather wasn't too bad. And we only played, that time, instead of nine shows in four days, we played two two shows do we do more than two two or maybe three maybe three and they were in the uh, they were all on the same day so we had like a, a bunch of time so we went out and explored and on the first day uh we drove out to some spring that we had just heard of we didn't i don't even know if we had photos but you had to like hike out to this spring and on the way out there i had to pee so bad like we were just cruising middle like middle of nowhere no buildings and like no other cars also so we're like let's just pull over i I see i see just the perfect ditch to jump in and go pee yeah it's like a planet of ice and matt's like this looks like a good look at this ditch and it and like also in retrospect i was such an idiot but i was like it's it's a ditch that just kept going like i kept looking at it and it'd be like there's a whole ditch there for miles and miles we were like driving next to it so finally i was like lauren like pull over i'm gonna go pee in this ditch and instead of like going slowly down the edge of this ditch to check it out, I like did a pencil jump. Like I jumped two feet in the air. I was like, here we go into the ditch. And then when I, when I was at the apex of my jump, that's when I was like, this, I think this is a creek. Like I was in midair and I was like, this, like, this is a water, waterway. And then I landed and I burst through the ice and my foot went down like probably to my knee. But, like, at the moment, I was like, I have no idea how deep this is. So, like, everyone in the car just yeah, watched me I, like, go look disappear into a ditch and then scra- <laughs> scramble back like just a terrified man. A terrified American States. boy. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I didn't quite see the whole process, but I was in the back seat of that car, just pulled over, and I just kind of glanced over and saw you just, like, scrambling out of this knee-high water all of a sudden. Like, what the hell just happened? Oh, man. Scary, and my, my pants were, like, soaking wet up to the knee. And then I still had to pee. Like, I didn't pee when I was down there. So I, so it was just like an <laughs> oh, open field. There's no trees or anything. And I'm like, I guess I'll pee here. And then a bunch of cars driving by. It was so embarrassing that i had to like take off all my he was arrested for public indecency your shoes shoes and socks smelled bad too from there like they always smell kind of yeah tour but you're one of the stinkier maybe i'm mixing up stories but i'm i think they were pretty stinky. i had to like put them on the defroster and in like over the heater so the air that came out was like (laughs) all of it was filtered through it was like an irrigation dish i don't know what it was oh god so then where we're going on that trip, that was like a little detour on the way to this like hot springs we had heard about, but it was and like think, nobody quite knew much about yeah, it. Yeah, if I remember right, it was kind of like Lauren, who's very well traveled, um, was like insisted that this was like a cool like secret spot. And so it wasn't very like Googleable, but it was going to be so great. And I am just very skeptical anyway. And I was just the whole time I was just like, this is not right. This can't be this spot. How could this be it? Because it was like a person's private property is where you park and there's signs everywhere that are like private park private property one hour parking maximum but yet we see like all these tourists doing a word doing so like well it does say one hour let's give it a twirl 
but then proceed to like the most beautiful hike like the landscape just like opens up to this mm-hmm. gorgeous like valley it's beautiful these towering mountains oh it was incredible so we're like okay let's pursue this lauren's totally right yeah the long hike so then fast forward um, it was like like the algae it was like an algae it was kind of weird algae water yeah it was like there was natural hot springs coming out of this like side of this mountain, but they had piped it into just like a rectangular, not that cool looking pool, um, which was surrounded by like some of the most incredible landscape we'd ever seen. But at the same time, it was sort of this like dark green, like water that was not at all transparent. Um, and then there was a little ramshackle room to change in to the side of this. And there was a lock on the outside of the door. It has haunted me to this day. Why would the lock be on that the outside? That room reminded me of, like, you know when Harry Potter, they, like, take him to that sea shanty where Hagrid can't find him and he does find him? Yes, 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 yes. In the movie? That's what that change room was exactly like. And Hagrid <laughs> was there, too, the whole time. The Dursleys were there. <laughs> oh. And it was not, and I think... it was not a really a hot spring, either. It was, like... I mean, technically it, it technically was, but it was, was not that warm. Yeah. And it was so cold outside. Oh, yeah. It was just like, we have to do this. We had to do it, like, to say we did it, kind of. But, like, the few of us that were swimming around were kind of like, oh, it's okay. It's not so bad. Hey, it's kind of warm over here. Like, everybody come over to this side where it's warmer. And we realized that's where the hot spring is getting piped in. But also, there was, like, this huge burst of mossy, mossy algae that came out, too. And it was kind of disgusting and covered all of our bodies. Especially Mike. My swimsuit was so covered in algae, I could never, ever clean it off. <laughs> so it was just it like part of the fabric. It was <laughs> like structurally changed the like makeup of the fabric of my swimsuit, and I just threw it away. Yeah, uh, never there was also uh, someone doing like a total Instagram thing there. Do you remember that? Like they were doing a photo <laughs> shoot. Someone was in the pool, and they were like clearly <laughs> trying to do like a cool Instagram shot. And I feel like I kept floating into the, like, just the whitest white you've ever seen. There's a ghost just in our the, photo. Just a, a moon boy. Flo- they're, like, trying to style it so hard. And just, like, the whitest person just oh. floats in the background. But then it's kind Shoot. of funny because we, we all had this feeling of, like, even though this looks a little disgusting and the locks are on the outside of the changing rooms and something's weird about this place, we've got to get into the hot spring for the experience of having done it. And then cut to, like... 45 minutes later we went to like two other hot springs that were much more beautiful and safe and yeah. they were paid but you know it just was a little little different so i was talking about iceland with a couple of you guys the other day and i have a little bit of a recent track record in the last couple of years of having bad dream issues where like i start to verbalize things in reality um and it freaks amanda out because she like hears me trying to like moan some strange thing talks in sleep yeah sort of i don't know if talk is the right word or if it's like whimper and scream (laughs) (laughs) so amanda and i were staying in this tiny little bedroom in our airbnb that the whole band and our friends that were with us were in while we were in iceland that had two twin beds by the way because there's always one room that has two twin beds and i'm always absolutely jonesing for that room rubbing my hands together can we please take that one because mike is a machine of kicking in blanket stealing and as we mentioned sleep whimpers yeah so sleep whimpers is my side project you guys should check it out i'm gonna put it up <laughs> on the van camp soon um but no so in my dream like for i'm a timberwolves fan which we've established i think before and in my dream we're in that bedroom which i was actually sleeping and having this dream but i was like whoa that's crazy that this bedroom is covered in timberwolves memorabilia like can't believe somebody <laughs> from iceland is like a timberwolves fan People in Minnesota aren't even Timberwolves fans. And there's, you know, pennants everywhere and, like, posters of Timberwolves stuff. And there's, like, a TV on in this dream. I was watching a Timberwolves game in this bedroom. And there was, like, a life-size replica of their wolf mascot, Crunch. Like, a big gray wolf in, like, a Timberwolves jersey standing in the corner like a statue. And anyway, so I'm watching the game. And it's, like, super close down to the wire. And in the last seconds, the Timberwolves win the game and I like stand up and I'm cheering and like so psyched and the mascot like statue moves and walks towards me with his hand up for a high five and it scared the shit out of me because I was like I thought what like you're this is there's somebody in there this whole time we've been in Iceland for days sleeping in this bedroom man and I have been like this 
Just replica thing us. is a real person watching us. So in the dream, I'm trying to say to the guy who's in the crunch costume, who are you? Like, who are you? Like, freaking out. But what Amanda heard in reality. Because, like, you know, sleeping, when, in, when you're dreaming, you, like, try to run or speak or something, but it's just not functioning right. So I think Mike right. was really struggling to get that word out. Yes. And my experience was, like, being in a, a very peaceful sleep. And all of a sudden, I hear... <laughs> like just the longest most strangled whimper of the word and it was really really scary so i immediately rush over to the other twin bed and start to shake him mostly to make sure that i don't have to do with that scary noise anymore but also so that he can you know stop having that nightmare i yeah i couldn't quite get who are you out but just who and then i'll keep this one short but similarly like Back home weeks later, I had a dream where oh, yeah. I was like in sleep paralysis mode. And in my dream, I'm always like actually in the place I'm in. So I'm really in our bedroom, in the bed. And I see in the corner of our room like this shadowy gray figure. And I'm like, who is that guy? I know that guy. I know who that person is. He's like watching us sleep. And I'm realizing it's Albert Einstein. And so I'm trying to say it. And all of a sudden, I shout out, Albert Einstein. <laughs> that's the only thing i heard once again just a dead sleep having a pleasant dream and then i hear albert einstein (laughs) and we're just shook back to reality but like i did get that one out and i woke myself up doing that like oh god i just (laughs) screamed albert einstein in the middle of the night didn't i oh there's another one i don't know if that if this was albert einstein time or a separate uh incident but you had said something in your sleep and you know like people are really confused when they're like mid sleep talk and starting to wake up so I'll I'll try just be like, hey, you okay? You're having a dream where you're talking in your sleep. And one time he said, no, I was just sound checking. <laughs> <laughs> Which Don't remember that. Absolutely slayed me. Well, this has been our story about Iceland. Thanks for listening. <laughs> also related. <laughs> Always uh, interested in hearing what you'd like us to talk about on the next segment of Story Time. Let's go on to our next segment. deep dive today we will be deep diving into finally found so finally found is another song off of goodnight paradise from a couple years ago and i thought i'd try to tie in a few fan questions into this deep dive one of them is about um, what inspired this song in particular, because somebody had said some nice things about its nice, unique sounds. Um, but really, it's a good gateway into explaining what we mean when we say 50s inspiration, because we talk a lot about the 80s or the 50s. And that's kind of like a broad strokes way to explain our range of influences. But I'd say generally, when we're writing a song like this, it's coming from like an influence of maybe like the Roy Orbison's, some of those oldies like the Everly Brothers or Richie Valens, Buddy Holly, that kind of stuff probably. Yeah. Um, there is an interesting use of this song. I think this one was used for somebody's wedding. Somebody asked us like over in California if they could use oh, it for yeah. their first dance. And if you listen to those lyrics, there's some things that could be romantic, like I finally found you, stuff about, like wrapping your arms around you or whatever. But Matt, can you speak to the lyrics at all? And is there like a maybe an alternate darker side to them? There always is. Yeah, there there only is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it I can get how it would get interpreted that way, and I think it's cool, and I totally like support how it, anyone like views song lyrics, like what what meaning they make for them. But the whole theme of the song is like more about sadness and depression, and like being found by that, and like the start of the song the line first line is i'm an empty oyster in a sea of pearls and this song's kind of was inspired by that process of just kind of facing yourself alone and and feeling like the good things that distracted you about your life are like gone so you're just more of like the 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 sadness or the maybe the introspective nature is like what found you where you're just like oh like i thought i had everything figured out or i had whatever like whatever things you're uh, ignoring in your life just kind of come come back and find you which makes it sound over dramatic now saying it in those terms but 
No. But I think I think that kind of works because it it can be over dramatic. Like, um, the sun is gone is a lyric. You know what I mean? But like, if you think about some of the influences we just named, like Roy Orbison's songs are very almost um, ridiculously over the top and simplified, like teenage heartbreak lyrics and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it doesn't take away from like the emotive power of it. It's just sort of like a stylistic thing, especially for that era. But I think in that way that it, it sort of works for the for the era that we're trying to tap into a little bit to be a bit over to the top. Yeah, and I think it's nice to make things more universal. Like instead of just a song about one small thing in your life, like how how can you broaden the lens and make it like almost make it a world like I. The, the words you pick is like, and that ties in the Bradbury thing we talked about a couple episodes ago, where I feel like it takes me, sometimes it takes me a long time to find the right words, even though I, I know what I want to say, because the words kind of paint like whatever colors of the picture you're trying to, to create. So I think that was kind of right. one of them. And there's like a, a Kerouac reference in there. The uh, Windblown World is a, a collection of his like journal entries, which I was reading at the time. So um this one i i feel i really like these lyrics i felt really happy some of them i'm like i i'm good with them but i kind of move on and and this was one of them where i felt i still feel really attached to the words of this song so then musically the song starts with actually a track that we got bounced back to us from andy our producer that's just called so many organs That plus um, this, which is actually my guitar. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of making up that early organ sound. And I just have a guitar pedal that can do a bunch of weird octaves and make it sound like an organ, which is kind of fun. It sounds really but cool. But Matt, you had, some, you had some interesting organ experiences because we did this one live in a recording studio. Yeah, it was cool. And it was like... It was unplanned. Like the organ we had on the track was uh, like a built-in like computer organ, which sounded fine. Uh, but we went to a place which is no longer there. It's in Minneapolis. It's called, it was called the Petting Petting Zoo. Petting Zoo, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. It's it was run by a guy named August Ogren, who's a really cool guy. And like Andy came and he was our engineer, so it was the five of us. And we got down there. It's like a big giant room in this basement of like kind of an industrial area in Minneapolis and and they had like an old 1960s organ and actually like we got really into the different drum loops that some of those old organs had on it it had a setting called teen beat and we were like Hmm. hell yeah we got to use this and that's also in part of the song that's one of the little drum loops that comes in is that drum beat this woodblock thing? Yeah, that's teen beat. Mm. Oh, I didn't know if that was from that organ or not. Okay, that's from the organ. That's yeah. cool. Corey didn't perform that woodblock. Did not. It's a robot. AI. <laughs> Before it enters the verse, uh, it just starts with that organ and Matt and Amanda doing some nice harmony layers of like sort of a early chorus. You're up to and that ties in a fan question that was specifically about how we write harmonies and if we're writing the original demo with a harmony in mind or how that process goes so i thought matt or amanda could speak to that i'm pretty sure i wrote that harmony part maybe yeah i don't remember I do remember changing it around a few times because you sing so high in your falsetto that I was like, I'm not going to be able to sing a note higher than that, like reliably and especially live and stuff. We kind of talked about this a little bit on William. The first note is Matt is high, I'm low. And then I leapfrog over him to the next note. We tried a couple little variations on that, but and I that's think landed. Even outside of this song, to answer that question, just generally about writing harmonies, I think that's a layer that often does get added on after Matt's kind of skeleton demo, you know, there's always pieces that we build on. And I think for you, that seems like a big one that you're, Amanda, writing. Yeah, I usually stick to the basics, you know, thirds, sixths, every now and again. Our friend, the octave. Nice. Yeah, I feel like a lot of times in the demos, I'll, 
I'll have an idea and put it down and it'll be like two notes. Yeah. Like, I like a lot of the harmonies. We just did the same impression on the same note. That was cool. I, I also want to say the um, the intro versus the other choruses of the song are a good example of like singing in that kind of like head voice falsetto we register, at least for me. In the intro, it's it's way more like gentle, and then in the other choruses, we come back and hit it harder, and it's a lot more belty. And the rest of the song is built uh, off of real drums, not as much electronic components on this one. Electric guitars, I usually go for like a cleaner kind of oldies sound with some reverb and stuff like that. Amanda's um, playing real bass, not synth bass. kind of take a front seat for some of our songs that we describe as that more 50s thing. Does anybody want to talk about their instrument in terms of anything noteworthy about the bass or the drums? Corey, what's the diameter on the sticks you use for this one? How many calipers like, do you use to measure them? I think the girth is like nine inches around or something they're pretty big oh, really wow. heavy there are actually two summer sausages that you had in your i get hungry a lot of times when we're when we're playing shows and recording and stuff too it's like just a bite with guitars i had fun on this one because we got more indulgent in general on this sort of like william but a very different song I came in with, like, one part. I think at that time we were all like, here's the one part that we play in practice. Here's what we're bringing to the studio. And then around this time we were sort of acclimating to Andy's approach of, like, let's throw more stuff at the wall and just see. And maybe the part you thought you were going to have won't even show up. And so I've kind of forgot about it. And when I'm listening back, he consolidated, like, three or four guitar tracks into one guitar for the chorus. So I've got like what I actually play live was just simple strummed chords, plus that emulated organ thing through my pedal, plus a 12 string that was sitting around in the studio and just this amazing Dan Electro like seafoam 12 string. And I became obsessed with it just screwing around while like, Corey was doing drum takes or Matt was doing a vocal take. And it was like keeping me up at night after that. And I was like, all right, I got to put this on a couple tracks. So I put it in really subtly in the chorus and then like weeks later i reached out to august who was running that studio and i was like dude is that for sale i gotta buy it so i bought it off of him and i had it for like a month and then i sold it because it's like i don't need a 12 string i'm never gonna use this on stage it takes forever to tune that's how it goes but it, it sounds really cool yeah it's such a nice full sound yeah now you got that 24 string though so that <laughs> double the strings it sounds so amazing it's just it's just a double neck guitar, both twelve strings on each neck. Very <laughs> heavy, top. but worth it. Um, okay. After that, then I was just going to talk about the weirdo bridge freakout moment, where I feel like the song takes this very strange detour, where it's like no longer a pop song, but it becomes this weird noise experiment. Um, I do like the thing that you do when you're 13 and learn that if you like pick your strings like by the headstock where you're not supposed to be able to make noise, it just makes this horrible screeching dissonance. So I do a lot of that and have like another delay pedal freak out where it starts feeding back, which is similar to what we did in William. The organ has a drone there, it just goes real low and kind of spooky. There's a field recording in there, which I thought might be interesting to talk about, like archive sound sample. I don't even remember what's on it, but I'll play it. (laughs) 
That's a recording. I actually captured that. There's a, it's a North American Sasquatch, and that is one of the... <laughs> I heard a slide whistle in there towards the beginning. I was going to say that, too. Would not put it past you, Shuffle Boy. Oh, my God. You just had that ready to go. I always do. That was unreasonably quick. Well, I was thinking not so much about that recording. Well, you can talk about that recording, but also maybe, like, we have that come up in different songs, and why are you compelled to have moments like that put into a song where it's not necessarily musical, it's just that extra kind of field recording thing? Um, like crickets. Crickets come up a lot in a bunch of those songs. I've always been drawn to that in music, because it's weird how, like, the world is is, like... You know, there's so much ambient noise and you're playing songs places and there's always there's like crowd noise or you're playing outside and there's noise of like nature or just even the wind. So it's weird to go into a studio and it's like dead quiet and you try to get the quietest take where there's no other noise and like have this perfect. It seems like so clinical that I kind of hate it. And um, so and part of it, too, is like the Halloween vibe we've had from the start we found all those old Halloween records and that clip is from like a haunted house record. And it's only like five seconds looped again and again. Um, but I think that's the main reason it sounds warm. It sounds like the song is like somewhere and not just in a mm-hmm. studio. Right. That reminds me of your crippling fear of mouth noises. When you hear your vocal takes back. Yeah, it is weird. I, it's like, uh, I cancel myself out, oh. but I oh. hate like when you sing, sometimes there's like, yeah, a lot of those. A lot of. Oh, I have. We found a really. We found a really gross mouth noise, <laughs> and that <laughs> I a new one that I do that I like. I feared was a thing, but I was like, no, nah, that can't be a thing that people are hearing. Like that's just really quiet, or that's in my head, or something. Because I'm always when I'm singing, I always have like many beverages. Like there's always water. There might be a bubbly water. There's always a hot tea. Sometimes a beer gets thrown into the mix, and like. I have acid reflux, like, pretty significantly. Like, I sleep, like, sort of upright more often than not. And I think, like, something happens when I'm drinking so much liquid. It's, like, a little tiny, like, not even really a burp. It's, like, an involuntary burp. It's just sort of, like, <laughs> but it's very quiet. And I was tracking one day, and I, I, I was like, sorry, this is really bugging me. I'm worried that these are actually getting recorded. Andy, you can't hear anything, can you? And then, like in my headphones I'm in the other room it like went silent and then like a minute later Andy had found that sound my throat was making and he like looped it over and over really loud and played Uh it into my head and it made me insane yeah so you know listen real close to some earlier stuff you might hear one Um, so then the song goes into the ending, which is a final chorus and a really big kind of more rock out outro thing. Where we all sort of turn up everything and hammer it home. And I really regret saying hammer it home. Hammer it home. Like that. That's what we said. Andy just said hammer it home. We just did. We knew exactly what it meant. Um, I'm cutting most of this out. I, though, was going to play one part because there's the ooze at the end that Amanda has like her own choir on a few different songs we do. And this is one of them where Matt's also singing. Do you remember what happened that day that I had to track that high note 100,000 oh, times? That's a good story. This is only Matt and I were recording this day. So this was like definitely near the end of a session. I was hot. I was tired. My throat was gurgling. I was singing this very high note that you just heard. And I probably sang it, I don't know, like 30 times or something. And I have like this... Thing that comes up every now and again in my life where I get very lightheaded and I was I had fe- felt it a few times in that session I kind of like stopped and like kneeled down for a little bit and I was like oh it looks like I'm okay but I just like still wasn't feeling quite right and left kind of immediately after tracking that we wrapped up really quick 
got in my car and started driving and then I like my the edges of my vision were just getting like really starry and really dark so I like quickly pulled over <sighs> briefly lost consciousness <laughs> came back again I was like oh <laughs> shit <laughs> did you actually like lose yeah. consciousness for real I like when you pulled over I, I definitely passed out it's usually really quick though like from what I have heard with people when people are there with me and it's always those factors like it's hot I haven't eaten enough and I've been singing and that is crazy. Well, it's worth it because it sounds great. The things we do for this record. Yeah. Yeah. Hammer at home. Nice. I'll hammer at home. Always do. Well, I think this concludes Deep Dive. Let's move on to our last segment of the day. Questions. I'll be your new question host. We got some real great ones this week. Let me pick a couple of these. Oh, always good to mention, if you would like to have your question read, please hit us up on any of the channels. It's very disorganized. Throw it at us in any way, and we'll try to catch it. Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, email, graveyardclubband at gmail.com. First question, who are each of your celebrity lookalikes? Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Um, celebrity lookalikes. Do you guys have one that you know? I know Corey's. Oh, Chris Pontius from Jackass. Oh, I don't know this. Corey looks Good remarkably one. like Chris Pontius from the Jackass crew. Like, I think it's Whoa. very, very, very real. That's uncanny. I have heard that one before. His, he's got kind of a weird nose, though. Corey's got a much more normal nose. Thank you. <laughs> but the eyes are like absolutely dead on and the smile i always have people that are not actually that famous too I'll be like oh you look like that one guy who played the kid's cousin on that abc show from 2003 <laughs> and i'm like i don't know who that is but i guess i've gotten um the guy who plays dennis on it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah sometimes a few people you look like him when you get too skinny and then i've gotten some guy jonathan He's got three names, and he's, like, Irish or Scottish. Is that Peaky Blinders guy? Jonathan Reese. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. JTT. Oh, <laughs> Jonathan Reese Myers. I get him sometimes. You've got the eyes of him. Yeah, I don't Matt know. Matt and Mike are also celebrity lookalikes, since you're technically celebrities and you look alike. Yeah, there you go. That's what I wanted to hear. I don't know who I get. I get uh, Cillian Murphy. I've gotten that. Oh, is that the Peaky Blinders guy? Oh, that's the... Yeah. Who's, yeah. Who did you say, Mike? Jonathan Reese Myers. Oh, with the funny lip. You don't have that though. Matt, sometimes I feel bad saying this, but you know when somebody's kind of got a celebrity look like, but they're like way handsomer than that. So when you say yeah. that they look like that person, it's insulting. Like I feel like we've made a bunch of mentions of those for Matt, where it's like. Kind of sometimes like <gasps> Dennis Leary, but much better looking. You look like his much younger, much, much cuter brother, but there still is like a weird resemblance thing that's hard to pinpoint without saying that you just look like that ugly guy. Yeah. When I was a kid, I got Macaulay Culkin a lot. Oh, yeah. That's a... Do you think that's part of why you love Home Alone so much? I don't know. You identify with them? Just... Yeah, like it's me that's Home Alone. Amanda, who do you get? Uh, some people told me that I look like the girl from Ozark, but I don't see it. The girl does not look like you. She's yeah. like bleach blonde and yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't see it either. I don't know. I don't think I have one. Danny DeVito maybe? Yeah, that seems right. <laughs> you tell us fans. Tell me who I look like. Okay. Dream band that you'd like to tour with. Go. Amanda first. <sighs> Uh, dead or alive? Yeah. Ravel, Maurice Ravel. Tell us more. He's a like a composer from hundreds of years ago. Slightly would you over be in his, Would you be in the orchestra? I would be Ravel. Oh. Um. Or Rimsky Korsakov. <laughs> yep. Pretty cool answers over here. Who's next? <laughs> I I was. Wait. Thinking... Did you? Did you take it as like you were in the band that you tour, or like it's our band? I think it's and we're probably that, that one, the second one, but it doesn't yeah. matter. This is all pretend. And we can tour with them, and then like when it's their set, 
I become them also. Yes, 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 yes. I would probably pick a band that just seems cool to hang out with. Like, yeah, we profess our lifelong love of Radiohead, but I don't know that it'd be like enjoying yeah. a beer backstage with Tommy York. It's probably we wouldn't like... know the same references. But So then my mind went to this story I remember hearing about like somebody who I couldn't ever see live. Like Roy Orbison is my favorite singer of all time, probably. Like his voice is incredible. And I remember reading that he, you know, he would travel like his world tours with a pit orchestra. And like a orchestra conductor said that like he played like countless shows with him and every single performance he would get chills like all over his body like the pit conductor would get chills wow. just listening to Roy Orbison's voice in person and his crazy dynamic range and don't research that because I probably like made up half that story but I remember reading something uh. like that somewhere but yeah Roy Orbison would be cool but I don't know that'd be amazing I don't know if he'd accept Graveyard Club on a tour bill yeah also Ella Fitzgerald how about you, Corey? Um, I don't really know. I feel like it's a, kind of a tough one. I was going to say, like, Foo Fighters, maybe, because it seems like it would be fun, but I don't, like, really... I'm not, like, a huge... I'm not, like, a Foo Fighters fan, really, but... Yeah. It's, like, the ultimate like rock and fun. roll experience. It'd be fun to, like, hang out with Dave Grohl, it seems he like. He seems like the sweetest guy ever. Did we all just listen to his Conan episodes? I listened to that one recently. That's yeah. probably why it was, like, front of mind for me, but... Yeah. yeah. He's an entertaining dude. Totally. I don't know if I have one. <laughs> I uh, think Dead Man's Bones would be fun, which is a band we've talked about before. Um, Arcade Fire mm-hmm. would be fun. I really like their music and think that'd be a cool time. If only to see all of our fans dressed up in the audience. Because that's kind of their thing, right? I think they did that for one of their tours, yeah. It was like a big thing they asked of their fans. That's the one I went to. All right, here we go. Next question. What are the questions Bethany asked? Are they silly? I think hers is the celebrity lookalike. Oh, one. nice. And then she asked a bunch of other ones about like, what does life after GYC look like for you? Like, a, she she asked a bunch. I think she. How must dare you just... ask that? Just kidding. It's like a hit. Like, why do you practice so much? <laughs> <laughs> why are you never home on time for dinner? It's like a. When you guys, when you guys think you'll grow up, <laughs> can you do the dishes, please? Oh man. All right, here we go. What unique trait do each of you have that no one else in the band has? I think we balance each other out pretty well. Um, I I don't think I really have many traits. I think what? I'm just there. I'd say. <laughs> Is this like musical like or there. just totally general? I think it's general. I think general. Matt, one that stands out to me because we go on tour so much is your sense of direction is absolutely unparalleled and is very very helpful and like me i think i'm really terrible i think mike's not so strong so it's nice to have yeah good job matt way to keep us alive and in the right direction Mm -hmm. sorry if that's kind of boring no that's a good trait uh what else i don't know mike maybe you're are you the driver most of all? I feel like you've driven a couple long. Oh, stamina. Mike's a very hard driving. worker. Yeah, yeah. He, that's a kind of a general trait in you. Stamina, even like editing the podcast and stuff. You like really get stuff done. Yeah, I can get like tunnel vision and just hunker down. But like, if you're talking about driving safely, not so much. Uh, <laughs> you're a good driver. Um, Amanda's for me, organization. Me, it's my probably. thrilling female perspective. Absolutely. Yeah coveted by the rest of you what you act that sounded sarcastic but i think it's important yeah i, I think know. it makes me feel really good that i'm not in a band with just all white dudes we also have a white i girl. wish i wish i was in that situation <laughs> <laughs> sorry don't leave us i never will i don't know Corey, what's your unique trait? I feel like we. This is a weird Corey question. Corey is to hilarious. Yourself. Yeah, I don't know. Corey's, I feel like you make me laugh a yeah. lot into her. You're really all my funny. relatives and friends that have listened yeah. to the podcast have commented on how funny you are, Corey. Well, gee, thanks. So you better bring it today. <laughs> Say Live something up to it. funny. Ready? Go. Do something funny. Eat <laughs> yeah. the soap. One time I was in a crabby mood on tour like sometimes we play shows to like 10 people and then i get in a bad mood and uh cory like i don't i'm gonna say you paid the sound guy but i think uh, it probably was free 
uh, to play everybody do the dinosaur oh, yeah, by was that. not was. Oh dude. my god! <laughs> and it just blasted like louder oh, than our yes. set, and it was great. It was a good moment. It's a pick me up. Oh, final question: uh, Who is the coolest member of the band, and why is it Amanda? Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Welcome to the Club. Please feel free to browse our merch over at graveyardclub at bandcamp.com. There might be something nice for you. Send us any questions you have. If you'd like to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on Corey's Corner next time. That's all, folks. I don't think I want to say that's all, folks, do I? <laughs> abi, abi, abi. <laughs> Hammer it home, folks. See you guys. Goodbye.